welcome to Clear Horror High. Hosted by Chris Vecchio and Nikki Jack. Welcome back to Queer Horror High, where we're queer, we love horror, and we're really fucking high. I'm Chris, and I'm a queer Gemini demon. And I'm Nikki. I'm still here to put the horror in horror. And we are back for a very special Friday the 13th episode on Friday the 13th Part 2, directed by Steve Miner. Yeah, this wasn't planned at the end of the season, but it just so happened to be a Friday the 13th. So we're like, okay, sure. Why the hell not? We did the first movie, so now we'll do the second one. Don't get it twisted, though. Niggas is still on vacation, so <laughs> yeah. I know you missed a bitch. So, you know, we we scratching that itch, but I'm we still going to be gone. Yeah, we giving you a little fix. Just a little taste. I know, I know you need a hit of the sweet lady H. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that sweet lady H, uh, what are you smoking on? What's the high? T- Why did I? What did I say? Well, I'm not smoking heroin, but I am smoking weed. No, I know. Why did? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm getting so high I might nod out like I'm on heroin, but it is <laughs> definitely THC indica marijuana. This is some fucking, oh, I just picked up. And I should know the name because I had to argue with the bud tender about it. <laughs> I was ready to throw hands at the dispensary. First of all, don't get me fucked. Oh, let, me get, let me give them a little story. So I went to the dispensary, okay. <laughs> put in my order or whatever. And I like to put in my order um, at the beginning of the day because then it'll, mm-hmm. it'll just be saved. It won't sell out. None of that fuck shit. You know what I'm saying? So I put it in at like 10 a.m., got off work or whatever the fuck I was doing, um, got home and went to go pick it up around like five or six. So I get in there. It's a little busy, whatever. But I finally get get to the front of the line where it's time to, you know, pick up. And he's like, huh, I'm not finding you or your order. I'm like, nigga, it should be the first one. But I didn't get all hype right away. I was like, it should be the first one. I ordered that test. I showed him the text. <laughs> you know, I was very cute about it. Here. And then he's like, yeah, let me go check in the back of blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, nigga, get to looking. Because I know what I fucking did. <laughs> and you niggas is slipping. So he comes from the back with a bag. And he's like, oh, it was the last one. And I'm like, um, it shouldn't have been, but thank you. Because a bitch was first, okay? And I'm pretty sure I got some shit called uh, cherry pie, because that's an, a really good mm-hmm. indica. But then he put in there some, like, animal cookies, which I'm not opposed to, but no. No. No, you, you want what you wanted. And there was a significant difference in percentage, okay? Okay. And so <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, no. No, 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 no. And I was like, well, that's not what I ordered, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he was like, um, let me go look in the back again. And he's like, oh, just kidding. I actually did find your actual order. So we got that squared away. And I was like, then what the fuck was that? Like, what? Was <laughs> you trying to just give me some random shit? So then during 420, they gave us these, like, stamp cards. And mm-hmm. every time you purchased, you got a punch. And that meant, like, 
it starts with like 10% off, then 15 and 20 and 25 and then 50 mm-hmm. is the last one. So I'm at like 20% off, I think, on this one. And, you know, I'm ringing up after being annoyed. And then I give him my card and he's like, oh, no, your, um, your total has to be 80. You have to use an $80 minimum now. I'm like, what? Like, that wasn't the promo before. Like, the promo was, like, spend any a dollar amount. And, mm-hmm. and mind you, I'm getting, like, a quarter and some edibles. Mm-hmm. So my total was, like, 74, 70-something, shy of $80 minimum. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, we stopped um, doing that. We changed the promo, like two or three days ago. I'm like, why would you change a promotion mid-promotion and then not promote that you changed the promotion? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And I started huffing and puffing because I was like, I'll beat your ass. I will beat the discount <laughs> out of you, my nigga. Give me, give me something. You're going <laughs> to give me something. You're going to give me something. And the girl, <laughs> and the girl um, next to him could see I was getting hot. And she was like, just give it to her. Just give it to her. And then she was like, we're so sorry. Da, 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 yeah, But... I'm going to give you these edibles for free and this. And I was like, yeah. And then I looked, I was like, I gave him the look like she saved your motherfucking life. You know, like <laughs> she really did. Cause what the fuck, dude, I'm just trying to buy some weed. You making shit all extra difficult. First of all, you hassle me trying to give me somebody else's weed talking about mine wasn't there. And then you want to tell me that my promo don't work. Cause y'all then changed up the rules. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. You don't give me my damn discount. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to be back because this is the closest (laughs) dispensary to me. But don't play with me no more. Yeah. But you will continue to have my business because it's convenient. But still, niggas, don't play with me. So Mm -hmm. that was my little moment. But yeah, all that to say, I have cherry pie. And then, okay. <laughs> and then I have um, a half gram of some honeycomb situation. Like, it's just wax. It's really good. Sounds good. Oh, my God. That wind is just, it's like finger snap. And it's like, yes, you get your damn discount. <laughs> I know. Like, it, is just, <laughs> it is supportive. You get that discount. Yeah, you, you guys, I'm in Vegas. I actually, when we started recording this, I got a little message that was like an emergency wind. You know when there's like emergency flood, emergency hurricane? I got mm-hmm. that for the wind, apparently. They're like thinking yeah. it's going to be a dust storm or some shit. So I think it, it adds like an ambiance to the episode. It's going to be creepy and eerie in the background. Like the, it's the wind whipping through Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> I really wish that um, the ambiance wasn't um, haunting me every day, though. Because it's been like this oh, for the yeah. past like two fucking weeks. So it's cute for the show, not for real life. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, if I could hear it so clearly through the computer, I could just imagine what it sounds like in your apartment or outside. Did you see that TikTok I posted of me trying to catch a video to windstorm and my <laughs> fucking blind just smacked me in the face, dude? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, the yeah. timing in that was just perfect. I literally <laughs> didn't plan for it because I was just like, oh, whatever. I'm going to just like, I'm just trying to document the windstorm and that shit. <laughs> fucking perfectly hit me in the face and i was like cool <laughs> this is going on the internet because <laughs> i was so high i was laughing so hard i was so high anyways it's on my instagram page if y'all want to see it yeah it was really funny <laughs> okay i am smoking a combination of two indicas because i don't know the dispensary i go to tends to give you like a free one actually neither of these are my free one i just ordered two this time 
Um, I'm smoking Mendo Breath and Hez. I like Mendo Breath because it's very like vanilla-y and desserty. Or at least the spray that they put on it is. I have no idea if it's like in the plant or like they, you know, they enhance it a little. But vanilla is always great and it really calms you. Pez I've never had before. And it's a little subtle, but it's nice. It's it's just like a subtle sweetness and it's supposed to be good for like pain. And I'm like, I just had a massage the other day, loosen some shit up. You get a little sore after a 90 minute deep tissue massage. So the Pez has been nice been knocking me the fuck out though but i know that's right you know. i feel that <laughs> yeah i'm really enjoying it the wind agrees the wind is enjoying it the wind is high yeah the wind <laughs> is fucking whistling dude mm-hmm. getting all under this blanket oh even though i shouldn't it's gonna ruin my spray tan yes i spray tan black girls um hack for the summer if you want to enhance your color um put spray tan on overnight and you wake up looking like a glowing goddess you heard it here so Let's just get right into Friday the 13th part two. The IMDb description is five years after the event of the first film, a summer camp next to the infamous Camp Crystal Lake is preparing to open, but the legend of Jason is weighing heavy on the proceedings. This movie got torn apart by critics when it came out in 1981. And, you know, I can kind of see why, because it pretty much is just a rehashing of the first movie with like a five minute pretty much opening sequence that is identical to the first movie's ending. So, you know, fair in a way, but it's pretty campy in its own right. And it's just fun. It's a fun, easy film. You could really just turn your freaking brain off for this one and just basically watch Friday the 13th again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's what this should be called. Not part two, Friday the 13th again. (laughs) Remix. (laughs) It's literally (laughs) like if Diddy did uh, the fucking Friday the 13th franchise, like he just, (laughs) same lyrics, different beat. (laughs) Jazzier beat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we start off with some kid in a rainstorm. He's just skipping and singing itsy bitsy spider and i'm like did kids used to really do this stupid shit i think this in movies all the time did kids or even adults in movies like in the 60s 70s like did they just go around singing like i don't know nursery rhymes and show tunes and random shit like like who the fuck is just singing itsy bitsy spider when they're skipping i don't know because i always have a song on my heart every day i'm like it's all in me. Every time I walk down the street. But there's a difference between Itsy Bitsy Spider and Shaka Khan. You know? Or Randy Houston, which is the version I sing. But um, okay. I think maybe that was the composer of Itsy Bitsy Spider was their Shaka Khan. I mean, things okay. <laughs> change with the times. Itsy Bitsy Spider for me is definitely like, um, like sometimes last night I was in bed high as fuck and because of the wind, I thought I heard something at my front door. And mm-hmm. I just randomly was in bed. was like, how did you get here? <laughs> Nobody's supposed to be here. <laughs> and so, you know, I just always have a song on my heart. So I don't know. I get it. I get it. I do always have a song on my heart, too. Everybody do. I'm just not that fucking corny. This shit always strikes me as corny and trying to, like, show us a slice of Americana that just feels inauthentic to me. But this is in uh, so many movies of this time period. So I'm like, I guess it was a thing. I'm just a cynical asshole. You are. And I hate children singing. <laughs> you, you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. 
Oh my God. What you just said reminds me, like I was really high the other day. Not the other day. It was like a month or two ago around the Oscars time. And there was this foreign language film that was nominated for an Oscar called Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom. And I just hear Lunana and I was immediately like, Lunana, <laughs> Yak in the Classroom. Lunana. <laughs> I was like turning it into a Lunana. Rihanna song. I, was, <laughs> I love that. Yak in the Classroom. <laughs> So all the real Oscar film nerds out there, maybe you'll laugh at that You're joke. cinephiles, because I'm not that deep in movies <laughs> yeah. like that, like that. No, I'm probably never going to watch Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom. I'm sorry. That <laughs> just seems too fucking corny for me. But maybe, maybe one day. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, so crossing this kid's path in the rain, I assume, is Jason. And we see Alice from the first film. And she's, like, lying in bed, and I'm like, oh, did she get rid of her son from Liar Liar Haircut? Uh, I'm not sure. (laughs) It's hard to tell if she still has it. (laughs) But this is where we get basically five minutes of the first film. We get, like, her whole discovery and tussle with Mrs. Voorhees, and it's legitimately, like, five and a half minutes. I was high as fuck, so I, and I haven't seen this movie like, I've only seen the sequels, like, once, maybe twice, mm-hmm. especially this one. And I was high as fuck, and I was like, okay, cool little dream sequence. And then I was like, oh, they just running it bike. <laughs> they just trying to refresh your brain for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly I was looking for, like, the skip recap button, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. that pops up on Amazon, mm-hmm. like, Hulu and shit. And yeah, skip uh, intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, nah, get out of here. And then... <laughs> I was like, this is a long-ass dream. This is a long-ass... Wake up, bitch. Because now we already <laughs> know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was damn near the first half of the movie. So, uh, yeah. It was nice to see Betsy Palmer's face again. But it was just like... They, it almost felt like they didn't trust us to remember what happened I in know, the first I was one. like, how could, we, how could we forget that wretched pussycat wig? Like, we'll never, <laughs> we'll never forget like 9-11, no. never forget, dude. A, a, a tragedy, for real, for real. <laughs> dude, always in our hearts. But um, she she made a little cute comeback, and we got to see the bitch fight again, which was fun. Mm-hmm. So Alice wakes up, and she goes into her bathroom, and of course, you had to know that I'm going to mention the fact that she has a yellow plush toilet seat cover. And I'm torn because I'm like, I love it. It's yellow, but also a plush toilet seat cover. You know there's feces on that thing. That is disgusting. Before we even, the more disgusting thing was what the fuck she had on. I was like, are these pajamas? <laughs> when she woke up, I was like, are these pajamas? She's dressed like Gumby's dyke sister. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, she looks like Steve Zissou. <laughs> yeah, she looked like Ellen DeGeneres cosplaying Gumby, dude. It was very... <laughs> Gumby's. Yeah. It's so perfect. Because she has on this like deep green, like knitted sweater. Like she is going whale. Like a turtleneck. (laughs) Yeah. And has these really dowdy, maybe corduroy overalls over it. They're so not fitting. It is just. It's like, not. It's not the look. That's not monochrome. It was all green. That Michelle Visage would be pissed. Mm hmm. She goes into the kitchen at some point, I guess, and, and there's all this, like, trauma art everywhere. And my notes just say, her her trauma art sucks. <laughs> it looks like she's drawing the members of Kiss. I'm like, is that Paul Stanley yeah. in Ace Freely? Like, yeah, that's like, what ew. it looks like. This is so ugly. But the kitchen, 
yellow fridge, yellow stove. It's all yellow, just like the camp kitchen in the first Friday the 13th. I'm like, okay, we had the the too long of a flashback, but the callback of a yellow kitchen, I'm living at least for that. Yeah. But yeah, that trauma art, I'm like, yay for channeling your trauma through art. That is good. But this was a no. These sketches, it's not even that they were bad. They weren't bad. It just like, it doesn't like make sense for her... It's weird that it looks like KISS members. That's it. I'm just going to say it. Why these drawings? <laughs> it's not even real, so I don't care about shaming her. Her art sucks, and it's, it's shitty, and I wish she would have found a different medium. Maybe, like, I don't know, <laughs> painting your nails or, like, um, I wouldn't say Murals. music. Yeah, I wouldn't say music because you know that music would be trash, too. Oh, at this time? In 1981, it would be so bad. When I went through some, like, really intense emotions, I started making ashtrays. <laughs> <laughs> your ashtrays are great though yeah they are in full of pain but yeah so i said uh, her art sucks but thank god she's changing out of these ugly ass clothes because she's about to take a shower a little dirty ass i was like oh was you sleeping on the bed in your outside clothes dirty ass that outfit looked like there were twigs in it. Yeah, but she don't even really take a shower like that for real, for real. Because every time she's like still obviously traumatized because she's like tiptoeing through the house. Mm-hmm. Like she is worried somebody's in that bitch because her mama calls her too, I think, to check on her. So they're clearly like having an argument over how Alice is handling everything. Yeah. I'm like, well, she's at least she's in this nice ass house, though. Like this is her trauma house. Her trauma house is this nice. Like, we are not ever going to have houses this nice, at least most of us, for our non-trauma abodes. Yeah, so she she gets off the phone with her mama, and her little dirty ass takes this little shower. And I continue to call her a dirty ass, because this shower was nothing but 37 seconds. She didn't even get her bangs wet. She literally rinses. Like, when people say, I'm going to rinse, I'm pretty sure, like, they don't literally mean stand under the water for 19 seconds, don't get your hair wet, don't use soap and lather, and then just leave. No, this is, like, this was worse than the fucking girls in Slumber Party Massacre, because at least they had, like, a loofah. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. And soap. Uh, so... (laughs) She goes to inspect the sound... That she heard while she was in the shower. And was there was the window open or something? The window was open and the curtain was, was yellow. yellow. Snaps for yellow. <laughs> and she grabs an ice pick and then a cat jumps through the window. And I'm like, oh, she's a she's already a cat lady. But the kitty's cute. The and cat is I really would love cute. to live with a cat. <laughs> so, yeah, she, she's like, okay, I'm not that scared anymore. And she's hungry. And so she goes to... Open a fridge, and there's a whole ass head in the fridge. Mrs. Voorhees' dead ass decomposing head uh-huh. is in the fridge, and unfortunately, Alice had put down her ice pick, and I guess Jason grabbed it, and he just stuck her right in the fucking temple with it, yeah. and the poor kitty watched Alice die. And I'm just like, Alice really went through all of that in the first movie to just die, die so right quickly away. in the second one? But I think part of that was because the actress, Adrian King, got stalked by a man after the first movie, and it really traumatized her, and she didn't really want to be in front of the camera anymore. So she only did this movie if her part was really small. So I wonder if they had planned on killing her off before, or if that only became a thing because she didn't really want to act in front of the camera anymore. For sure. So, you know, Adrian had to do what she had to do, but it sucks that Alice's fate got turned into this because she really like fought in the first movie and then 
Bye, real quick. In front of her kitty. Yeah, damn, that sucks. Jason was really nice, though, because after he killed her, he did take the kettle off the stove. I'm like, he killed you, but, you know, the the whistling at least has stopped. Like, he's not a total monster. (laughs) Yeah, the house isn't going to set on fire or nothing. (laughs) Then after she dies, we get a, it's just like a jump shot to the doomsday nigga from the last movie. Well, not before we get the exploding Friday the 13th in the credits. Oh, yeah. Why? (laughs) Like, it it comes from the back of the screen all the way to the front, and it says Friday the 13th, and then it explodes. Yeah. And then it says part two. And I'm like, why the explosion? Was this in 3D? Like, I know the third one was in 3D, but, like, literally, why? There's no explosions in this movie, in the first movie. Are there any explosions in the Friday the 13th series? There probably are later on, but none that I can think but somebody of. somebody got excited with the graphics and we just went ham, <laughs> you know? So that's what that yeah. was. But yeah, after the get the credit of that, the doomsday nigga from the first one, he bike. Yeah, crazy Ralph. Yeah, <laughs> and he's still warning people vaguely. Like, if you know bodies have dropped, why don't you just be more specific, nigga? Then maybe people will listen to you. Give examples. I know. I feel like the, their goal is to, like, these types of characters, like the Nate not the naysayer, what are they called? Like the doomsayer. It's kind of like, they only give you enough information that you could assume that something bad happened. And then like, they still leave you the will to decide for yourself. Like they, it's like almost like an unbiased, vague presentation testing these characters. Like, okay, this happened to you. So you should know, get the fuck out of here. And if you go, you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. For the viewer, it's like, okay, like, if that happened to you would in real life, would you actually listen? I would probably just think this guy is wasted, you know? Yeah, I mean, what, who is this crazy nigga talking to? Is he talking to me? And what is he saying? Like, go away. Yeah, well, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily dismiss him right away, because I'd be like, nigga, what is you talking okay. about? People is dying where? Be more specific. I would say exactly what it is. <laughs> be more specific. And then if I feel like you on that dust or that stuff, then I'll be like, oh, this nigga's high. Otherwise, I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, maybe not. Let's not go over there. Like, maybe we need to go to a different beach or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just too vague. He was too vague. With these, as I wrote, two youths, I went full on my cousin Vinny here. Because these people don't have any names for a while. Like, we don't know their names. I thought you were going Jamaican because I think I was thinking to Ute them. But yeah, same. Oh, no. Same thing. Utes. Yeah. Yeah. Deute them. These Utes, they pull up in town and they immediately get their truck towed as they use this phone booth to call their friend, which is where Crazy Ralph, you know, tells them that they're all doomed and shit. And they start to chase the tow truck, but the driver acts like he cannot hear them and is just going to take that truck away. And I'm like, mood. If I was towing someone's truck, I would be so deadpan. You know, like people at the DMV when they're getting cursed out. Yeah, kiss my ass. It's just like, "Mm -mm, (laughs) I'm still taking your shit. (laughs) Like, I am not being phased. I am doing my job. Uh Like, I'm sorry. Like, getting your car towed sucks. But like, just so everybody knows. If you park in a zone that says no parking for a millifucking second and they see you, you're done. That's how it works. Like, there's no pleading. Actually, I one time I pled out of it. <laughs> so I guess there is. But, you know, it. that's just how it is. So. They, like, actually chase down this tow truck driver because he's driving at, like, 10 miles an hour anyway. <laughs> yeah. And they chase him down long enough to, like, catch up. And then their friend is like, I gotcha. And my first thought is, white people joke different. Because 
Um, nigga, mm-hmm. what is you saying? <laughs> LOL. The fuck you mean? This is a prank? He said, welcome to God's country. I'm like, I would have decked him right there in that yellow checkered tablecloth ass button up. Listen, you know I love yellow, but this motherfucker looked like howdy doody with that ginger hair. And he had the shortest of short shorts on and the chickeniest of chicken legs. As this soon, was a look. As soon as they unhooked my car from the tow truck, I would have hit everybody. <laughs> 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 I would have hit every. I would have slammed through the whole entire house, the Cribbington, set that bitch on fire, and left. You're not going to play with me in my car like that. Because, first of all, yeah, getting towed is annoying, but also, like... I'm thinking about all the fees and shit. And if there is even mm-hmm. a fucking dent or a scratch on my shit, I'm fucking everybody up. So I was like, ah, white people joke different. Y'all be pranking each other in ways that are not funny. Fucking farting in each other's eyes, no. in each other pink eye. Fucking, <laughs> oh, God. Like, that's why the age old tale of like, don't get drunk with white boys. It's like, don't get drunk. They'll try to exactly. fu- fuck you in the ass. And like- <laughs> or, or, face fuck you on a bed and then tell the whole country that they are just playing around. Yeah. You know, some U.S. House representatives in wheelchairs that are really homophobic that you might or might not have heard of do these things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, ah, they joke, they joke a little too different for me. Because black people, when we joke, we just be like roasting you. We roast you. Black people <laughs> roast you about shit that's like not funny, but sh- like shouldn't be funny. Like if it's raining outside, they'd be like, oh, this nigga brought an umbrella. Look at this nigga with an umbrella. <laughs> Boo. You know, <laughs> like we roast you for silly stuff. But um, no, white people, you fucking towing cars and shit, nigga, I'll kill you. So anyways, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. The guy gets his truck back and we find out later that this is Jeff and Sandra. I looked up their names because I don't know what to fucking call this couple. Jeff and Sandra pick up Howdy Doody, the prankster, off the fucking side of the road. And they head towards whatever camp they're going to. There's a downed log. And as the guys are moving the log, Sandra finds the old Camp Crystal Lake sign. And Jason is looking on from the bushes. So it's like, dun, dun, dun. Y'all gonna die. I mean, we knew that anyway, but... Now we know. We know for sure. Thank God. Because yeah, this howdy duty sure. looking motherfucker needs to go. And unfortunately, he's like the only person in this fucking movie who doesn't die. <laughs> Why? Why of all people does he live? Spoiler. I mean, this whole fucking podcast is a spoiler. But, you know, like. <laughs> but he doesn't die. Why? But yeah, then we get who I affectionately refer to as Unibrow. He shoots possible lesbian in booty shorts walking her dog oh god those in the shorts butt. <laughs> so amazing yeah in the butt with a slingshot and she just smirks at him but yeah this is terry i think and she is blasting her nips through a crop top this entire movie <laughs> oh thank god because it was like if i'm going to suffer through this movie give me something to look at and terry's face was trash but that body was everything she had a great little cute butt i mean and granted i don't like white girls not like i don't like y'all well anyways i'm not attracted to white <laughs> girls <laughs> But she had a cute little bum and these booty shorts, these coochie cutters and her crop top. And I wanted, I think I just wanted that outfit because I know I would have wore it better. She was in great shape. She kind of had like that, like Linda Evangelista, like 80s square face. Yeah. That like, that kind of icy Norwegian look. I think she actually was born in Scandinavia. I don't know why I know that. I don't don't even know if it's true. I said it anyway. I'm not sure if it's true. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not here to fact check you, so I don't even care. 
mean, all white people look Norwegian to me, so. <laughs> the dog was cute. I think this dog is called Muffin. It looks like a Lhasa Apso. Those dogs are monsters. But this one looks kind of cute. So we cut to this counselor meeting where we have who we find out to be Paul, who's this kind of, I guess he's supposed to be like the sandy blonde 80s hunk. He's giving these counselors some bullshit speech about going back to basics. We like introduced to the counselors. Every time Terry and Vicky, the other woman, are in a shot together, like I feel like they're being framed as a couple. Like they're not portrayed that way. Mm -hmm. Like Vicky is clearly straight in this movie, but I just feel like there is some coded queerness here. Um, if there isn't, I just want it to be there. So that's how hey, I always you know. feel. I'm like, they might, they might mm-hmm. not be lesbians, but they might not have tried being lesbians. <laughs> yeah, they might not be lesbians, but they're not uh, not lesbians. You know. <laughs> they may have licked a. They might even bump a cat. You know. <laughs> there we go. They may have bumped a cat or two. Yeah. The dog is a diversion. Yeah. We also find out that Unibrow is actually named Scott. And Mark is the guy in the wheelchair because we don't get... They say the names, but they don't exactly, like, put the face to the name. So I'm like, all right, who the fuck are these people? It doesn't matter, really. What does matter is Ginny Field, who shows up in her red convertible VW Bug, which... Oh, so cute. Is there a more 1981 car than that? Like, it just seems perfect. Actually, yeah, it seems more 70s, but whatever, fuck it. It's very cute. Her outfit, though. This outfit is confusing. She's wearing, like, a shocking pink, but like pale purple peasant skirt oh. with like a like a senorita top. I don't know the proper name for that. Like, I don't know. It was an odd look on her. You didn't look good. But she is late. Paul is PO'd. And she says her car is sick. And I'm like, uh-huh, that's cute. And I don't know. She charms him. They're clearly fucking. Like, she kisses him. Like, it seems like fraternizing. I feel like they say that later. <laughs> it seems like fraternizing. But right away, do you not get big lesbian energy from Ginny? You know she played softball. Uh-huh. Like, you know she can, like, fix machinery. Flannel in every color. <laughs> yeah. Loves a bootcut jean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know she's got Tim's. Uh-huh. She got work boots in some form. She does have work boots, and she makes sculptures <laughs> out of wood with her chainsaw, you know. Uh-huh. She's a handy woman. Uh-huh. But we get back to Paul now talking to the counselors again about, like, avoiding bears. And he tells the women to not wear perfume and to keep clean during their menstrual cycles. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm sure they don't know that. Like, yeah, I, yeah they're all just bleeding all over the place. Just le- leaking like faucets. <laughs> like, Ugh, nasty mother. Men are so fucking stupid. Uh, like, you really think you need a mansplain to them about their own period? You fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. And yeah, this is where I'm like, in that shot, like, of the reaction shot, you see Terry and Vicky, and I'm like, they are always kind of shown as a pair. I'm like, my gaydar just going, wah, 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 wah. Like, no matter what these characters do and who they make out with in this movie, they are framed like they are bumping cats. Yeah, so. B- bumping cat besties, dude. <laughs> so, Ginny's car won't start, and we find out that she is studying child psychology because Paul tells her to use it on the car because cars and kids are alike. He's just annoying. I don't know why he's annoying to me. I just want, I like Ginny, and she deserves better than this guy who's just, I don't know, nagging at her. I think that's how we usually feel about most of the men in the movies that we cover. Like, why is she with him? (laughs) 
true. He needs to leave. <laughs> that yeah. guy sucks. I like her response, though, because she says that it's more fun to use the psychology on him because he's such a sucker for it. So I'm like, OK, she she knows what's up, though. She knows he's kind of a douche and is playing him. So I'm like, all right, Jenny, you if, if this is the guy you're attracted to. Sure, I believe it, I guess. Sure. But, you know, <laughs> get what you think you need. <laughs> yeah. But now we get like the the typical campfire story, you know, the counselor telling the. I get well. It's usually the counselor telling the campers, but this is the counselor telling his, I don't know, counselor students <laughs> about Jason. Um, he tells them that Jason's body was never found and that he's probably living in the wilderness and that two months after the killings at Camp Crystal Lake, that Alice disappeared and there was blood everywhere. And I'm like, oh, poor Alice. I was just hoping that it was like a dream, but I guess she's actually dead. Yeah, bummer. I know. So he's like, you know, Jason saw his mother beheaded, took revenge, and they're the first people to arrive at the lake in five years. So they're like, oh no, are we gonna wake Jason up from his slumber? And then fucking Howdy Doody pops out in a fucking animal pelt loincloth and like a fucking old man mask and a spear. <laughs> he might as well have said Ooga Booga. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this random like disguise he looked like did you ever play the video game banjo kazooie yeah he looked like the little tiki man <laughs> that like goes like Ika, Oka, you oh, know some racist crap god, like yeah, that's what yeah. he looks like god god he looks a fucking mess but you know after they get scared paul just tells everyone that it's just a myth and it's all bullshit and that jason drowned and mrs Voorhees was murdered and that they can't go to Camp Crystal Lake. It's off limits and shit. Mm-hmm. So we know, though, that some asshole is going to just go there because that's what kids in these movies do. And if all the kids were well behaved, you wouldn't have a movie. So we need them to be stupid and curious. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, then we get like all the counselors hanging out. And of course, the men are arm wrestling. You know, they have to unibrow whatever his name is scott 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 unibrow i don't know he asks terry aka uh nips a blastin <laughs> crop top <laughs> yeah crop, whatever crop top he asked terry to dance and she says no and i'm like good <laughs> he shot you in the ass with a fucking slingshot like don't dance with him he's uh-uh. gross uh-uh. he looks like a murderer he just has that look but it's clear that someone is watching them and ooh, it's Jason. But Unibrow starts dancing around with the dog because he can't get the girl. And Muffin sees who we assume to be Jason outside and gets scared. And he he cracks some jokes that he's like striking out with, with Terry and the dog. And it's like, do you have anything else on your mind? Is your only goal while you're here to get laid? Like, I know you're not trying to literally fuck the dog. But he's obviously <laughs> just trying, like, all these guys, it just seems like the only point to them being there is to find a woman to pair off with. Yeah, big horny energy, dude. Like, y'all need anti-horny spray like a motherfucker. And this is why I constantly say, like, men should get disability for horniness. Because, it, <laughs> like, it's debilitating. And, it, like, there is a way to be, like, detrimentally horny. Like, 
if you don't come, like yeah. you will be full of bad choices. And I feel like that's a lot of the niggas um, in this little <laughs> cast. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to die without pussy. So that is why some of these people die. Mm-hmm. And we will get to that. But <laughs> as this is happening, Ginny beats Paul in chess and she's totally cocky about it. I'm like, just drag him, Ginny. Like, I just love it. And she essentially just reads the men in the room because she's like, she basically is like, I'd rather go to bed than hang out with all you fucking dudes. And she just leaves. Like, she's just like, you know, I've had my fun and you guys are just full of douchey testosterone. And you know what? I'd rather be sleeping than here. Mood. I'm like, ouch. But also good for you. <laughs> Tell him, girl. Let yeah. him know what fucking T.I. time it is. Mm-hmm. And here we go. It's Sandra. Sandra is the curious one who goes to Jeff and is like, I really want to see Camp Crystal Lake. She's obsessed with Camp Blood. Oh, yeah, because that's what they do. They call it Camp Blood. But like this. okay. a lot of the fashion in this movie is so nostalgic and I love it. This outfit, this color combination, she is wearing a shockingly red, like fire engine red sweater with like a brown tweed golf cap on backwards and no. Ugh, this color combination is nauseating. It's like, very nauseating. Cher from Clueless would slap her. Yes. You're very nauseating with four W's. No. If Joan Rivers were alive and on Fashion Police, she would tear Sandra apart for this. I know. Like, it is just, it is a no. You do not wear a red woolen with brown tweed ew. or brown, whatever this fucking golf cap is. Like, ew, the ew. description alone sounds like it's making my stomach hurt. It's like the worst part of 1973 is on her body and it's making me gag. <laughs> Aside from racism, but yeah. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> uh. Then um, my notes say like, this is still the same movie from last time. Like, it's the same setup because it's like all these horny teens in a cabin. Then there's some mm-hmm. some that are curious about the other shit and la 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 la. Yeah, Sandra is Marcy from the first film. Jeff is whoever Kevin Bacon is. Yeah, it's one big deja vu. Mm-hmm. It really is. In a way, it's good. In a way, it's like there's a slight staleness to some of it, but it, you know. In hindsight, I feel like it works because the it became so referential yeah. that in a meta way, looking back, it's amusing now. But Ginny gets in her old lady robe because it always has to happen. I would say out of all the old lady robes, hers is one of the better ones because I didn't write how ugly it was. I thought it was on so here. ugly. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but there's been worse. Brenda from the first movie... Yeah, that was ugly. We dragged the shit out of that one. That was ugly. <laughs> um, she hears a knock, but no one's there. Oh, wait, it's Paul. I'm like, okay, we get a fake out. Fun. But Paul even says, this is where he says it. He's not supposed to be fraternizing with the staff. So that's why he's sneaking around. And Dirty Jenny ass. won't tell because she's, she's a bit of a bad girl. Like, she's the bad girl with the good girl appearance. And I always like those <laughs> because... The obvious bad girl is always going to get mauled. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to be the smart one, at least in 80s horror films. That's just how it was. Not that it was right, but, you know, facts are facts. Be an incognito. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Just let everyone think you're an angel, and then behind closed doors, you're fucking your counselor, teacher, person, whatever the fuck. And you know, you're you're a little sassy. Why are you putting my business out there? Next time, just say my name. <laughs> okay. Oopsie. <laughs> so call me out, why don't ya? <laughs> so Paul says he misses Jenny, so they clearly have a past. Um, what's the age gap? Yeah, I'm wondering that too. Sus. And then she says she needs to tell him something, but he shakes his head no and kisses her. It's like he he's always giving her all this advice and shit, but he does not give a shit what she has to say. That's the <laughs> part, like, no. part kind of pissed me <laughs> off because I was like, what if it's something important? Like, and he's like, no, don't tell me. And it's like, she could have been like, I have chlamydia and I'm not ready to do this. And he'd be like, I don't care. I don't remember. Maybe it's later on in my notes. Do we ever find out what she had to say, though? I mean, I personally don't care, so I don't know why I'm defending her so hard <laughs> anyway. But still, like, a bitch has something to say, let her say it, you know? But I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's because he had unsolicited advice more than once already. And yeah. it's like, as soon as she wants to say something, he's like, nah. <laughs> she's going <laughs> to kiss you instead. That's all you're good for. Enough of that, woman. Yeah. Enough of that talking yeah. that you're doing. <laughs> like... Yeah, you're doing this, I want this. But Crazy Ralph is spying on them, but that's short-lived because Jason strangles him around a tree with barbed wire as they continue to make out. And I'm like, hot. Death and sex at the same time is always great. Do me till I um, die, baby. And that's the end of Ralph. He's in the first two movies, and that's that. (laughs) Bye. I know, I was like... They didn't even let um him get it out that he had the tea. I guess Jason got sick of him telling his damn business and was like, you telling everybody, you trying to warn <laughs> yeah. motherfuckers, watch your motherfucking mouth. Keep my name out your mouth. And then he choked him. We're not having no gossip girl here. We don't need eight seasons of that bullshit or whatever, however many that show. Actually, no, I'm not even thinking of Gossip Girl in my head when I'm talking about this. I'm thinking about fucking Pretty Little Liars. Same thing, same thing. <laughs> Who the fuck was A? I forgot. Do you know? I do know, but I don't remember off the top of my head right now because I'm high. I feel like I watched the first half of that. I watched the first season, half of the second season, and then I gave up. I was like, are they ever going to tell us who A is? Well, because then someone <laughs> out of nowhere became trans, and then it it just got so convoluted and pretty little liars. It started to jump several sharks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I can't with this anymore. I'm like, at this point, A is going to be an alien. That's what it stands for. A is alien. And it, it was too much. I gave up. Anyway, back to Friday the 13th part. Duh. Ginny wakes up after her, I guess, romp with Paul. And he left Beware of Bears in lipstick on the mirror. And I'm like, can you just shut the fuck up about, like, periods and shit? Like, stop. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> like, that's what he's saying. He's like, don't bleed in here because we don't want you getting eaten by a bear. Thanks. Um, it would be too messy to clean up. But they are all running in the next scene. And of course, Ginny is leading the pack. Uh, you knew she would be the fastest runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she is running away from her gay secrets. Um, anyway, <laughs> Jason is looking on as they run by. And it looks like he's eyeing Ginny. And I'm like, ooh, is Jason horny too? He fits right in with all the rest of these dudes. No, kill all the horny niggas. Let's let the lesbians run the camp. <laughs> So Muffin approaches Jason and we get an immediate cut to hot dogs cooking on the grill. And we're like, "Uh uh-oh, is Muffin dead? And a nice 
reversal of the cutting wood trope, Ginny is not cutting this firewood. She is sawing it in half with a chainsaw. And I'm like, the lesbian energy continues to mount. <laughs> she is using a chainsaw to cut firewood. Like, I live for that. So Terry looks for Muffin. Jason sees her, but she gets called away. And I'm like, oh, Miss Nipsablassin isn't getting it yet. And then the two morons, Sandra and Jeff, sneak away to go to Camp Blood while everyone else goes swimming. Did this happen in the first movie, too? Yeah. She calls him a chicken shit. Yeah. And just drags him to go. And I'm like, all you got to do in the the early 80s is call a man a chicken shit. Or that was in Death Proof, too. Yeah, that was. That was. Yeah, you you just have to make fun of someone one time and they will do whatever you want. Which is like the peer pressure is... Not even present. This wasn't even peer pressure. It was just like an offer (laughs) at this point. Because you were going to say yes regardless, little hoe. And her fucking reason for going is just so we can tell everybody that we went. If she was alive today, she would be that influencer, like, climbing, like, a sacred native site somewhere that they posted a million signs. Do not go up there. It's spiritual. It's dangerous. She'd slip and fall and crack her pretty little white head, and the natives would get all murdered. You know, like, oh, she's that girl. Oh, because you wanted a story to tell. Like, bitch, lie. Just lie. <laughs> yeah. Just say you went. Say you, you went. You don't even have a camera. You don't even have, like, a disposable yeah. on you. Everyone would believe you. Just bring up back a piece of wood or something random that looks like it could have, uh, you know, been from there and be like, oh, yeah, this is a piece of the cabin. We saw it. It was crazy anyways. Yeah, go, go pick up the sign you found earlier. Yeah, what the fuck? Dumbass. Ugh, dumbass. Then we get the two worst jokes I've ever heard in my life. Ginny starts off at the lake she tells the joke what's green and red and goes a hundred miles an hour frog in a blender that joke offended me so I'm just like I have never heard a more lesbian joke in my life no I'm kidding like it's I just don't understand this joke it wasn't funny like a hundred miles an hour that speed just doesn't resonate with blender to me I'm sorry Ginny yeah and then there was another bad joke that like no one cares about (laughs) because <laughs> they're both they're both shitty well it's a poop joke so i have to tell it okay and it's by ahead. howdy doody and he says what's brown it sits on a piano and i love that immediately vicky interrupts and just goes your face <laughs> like makes no sense but that's the funniest part of the whole scene because the punchline is beethoven's last movement Ew. And I'm just like, do we call symphonies movements? I guess we probably do. I don't know shit about classical music. I am not classically trained. I don't know nothing. But it just, again, it was just like, what's brown and sits on a piano? A piece of shit? Like, that could have been anything. It could have, a piece of shit could be sitting on anything. Like, it's just more dumb white people jokes. These jokes are stupid. Like, your mama jokes are more clever than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after we get out of, um, the wackest episode of Deaf Comedy Jam. <laughs> this bitch is just begging to die. So, yeah, they eventually sneak off because she wants to go to Camp Blood so bad. And she's like, oh, make, make it worth your while and kind of like seducing, seduce teasing him a little bit, being like, if you go with me, I'll give it up, you know, type shit, which is like, yeah, mm-hmm. what every girl does when she wants to get her, get her way and usually does get her way without giving up pussy, which <laughs> is great. Shout out to being a woman. <laughs> so 
they walk around, walk around, walk around, because they end up going, hit the trails, long story short. They, like, roll up on a dead dog, like a mangled fucking sliced up dog. But while they're, like, walking over this and finding this dog, there's, like, someone following them. And that you assume is Jason, because, like, the camera angles and shit. You know, they're doing that shit again with the music. It's all spooky. But no, what's scarier than Jason is 12. It's the fucking police. <laughs> um, at this point, I'd rather see Jason than the cops. But, yeah, it's yeah. 12. And his little <laughs> Porky the Pig looking ass is like, uh, stay away from here. Bacon, 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 bacon. <laughs> you know telling them to get the fuck and he brings them back to the camp the the one that they're supposed to be at and he tells the main camp counselor kendall looking nigga like oh, punish these kids like he want them to get like whoopings or something like nigga what you want he does they're grown-ass adults and shit too so like nigga what you want me to do and that's low-key what um he said he was like okay then again uh second servants of dessert fuck out of here nigga like, I guess he was really yeah. fucking with 12, too, because he was just like, what you want me to do? I'm not they daddy. Like, I don't give a fuck. They, like, walked past the no trespassing sign, like, 20 feet. Yeah. Like, they didn't make it that far. Yeah. Womp womp. They didn't do any. They trespassed. He's like, next time I'm going to have to haul them in. I'm like, you're going to really put someone behind bars for oh, crossing. Like, power ass. trip. Like, you board got nothing ass. better to do. And that's why I wrote a cab King Paul. Yeah. You don't give a shit. He's like, get the fuck out of my cabin, officer. Yeah, <laughs> like, for get sure. out of here. Anyways, 12 decides to take his fat ass back because he's bored still. And he is like, I need to investigate what they was doing. Maybe they was doing something and whatever. He goes back to he actually gets all of the way in Crystal Blood. And he's really looking around at the cabin and looking in places and everything looks nasty and gross and it's all decrepit and that shit. toilet ooh, far another tower bar toilet <laughs> yeah dude but worse dude <laughs> and he's like hearing noises when he turns around and um we'll find out what he finds later but mm -hmm. he opens a door to this one room and goes oh my god and before we get to see what it is he gets the claw end of a hammer to the back of the head yeah Jason says a cab as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, thank God the cops did. So now they're having dinner at the camp and Paul is basically like, okay, shit gets real tomorrow. We're really going to start this training. So if any of you want to come to the bar, let's go now have a last night out on the town and shit. And then Sandra and Jeff, you know, the two runaways have to stay and watch the camp. Terry says she's going to stay in case Muffin shows back up. And Sandra and Jeff don't say a goddamn thing about that. Like, because they thought that that was Muffin dead in the woods. And they are just like, they are keeping that shit to themselves. Um, Scott, a.k.a. Unibrow, says he's going to stay because he basically, you know, he's only staying because he wants to plow Terry. And I'm like, this is where your horniness is going to get you killed. You should have just gone to the damn bar. And then... Mark says he's going to stay because nothing spoils a party faster than a drunk in a wheelchair. So then Vicky stays behind because she wants to plow him. And I'm like, these people are just getting themselves killed for, for dick and pussy. Yeah. That's it. And they're low-key ableist. Like, he's ragging on himself. I'm like, is this just like, it almost feels like he's throwing himself a pity party to manipulate her? Or is he really just sad? I don't know, but... Like the, um... Vicky, you're sealing your fate, too. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's true. At least Mark is handsome and not annoying. 
Unlike Franklin. I know, right? So, yeah, Paul, Jenny, and Howdy Doody, who we find out is actually named Ted, go to the bar. So I guess they're safe for now. But who isn't safe is Terry, who goes down, you know, for a walk. And you could see Jason following her. She is still blasting her nips in this pale pink long sleeve crop top that I live for. I love that outfit. Mm -hmm. And she goes skinny dipping and has those amazing super 80s high-waisted tan lines. Mm -hmm. Because you know they're wearing those bathing suits in their vagina with the waist right below the belly button. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it was some high-waisted shit. And at the cabin, there is more fucking arm wrestling. It is just so stupid. Vicky's like, I want to arm wrestle. She wants to arm wrestle Mark because Sandra and Jeff go upstairs because you know what they're going to do. And then she baits and switches him. And it's like some fucking old school, like handheld hockey video game. I would have been like, um... Oh, if you don't drop them draws. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're kidding too. He wants to play some tough shit to prove that he... I hate to say it, but it's like he's trying to prove that he's a man because he's in a wheelchair and... You know, he's already throwing the pity party out for himself. It's just like, be confident, Mark. This girl is hitting on you. You don't need to prove anything to her. Yeah, at the very least, you might get a little hand job if you can feel it, you know? Mm-hmm. He says it does work down there because she's like, is it just your legs or does everything work down there? But yeah, she says she wants to play the hockey game for positions. And I'm like, oh, you freaky. <laughs> <laughs> she freaked out. <laughs> so back in the lake terry is bobbing up and down so we can see her pert 20 year old boobies bounce because you know it's a horror movie from 1981 we need to see the titties bouncing that's all i've been waiting for but fucking unibrow takes her clothes and she gets out of the water and she chooses to cover her boobs of all things so her vagina is just hanging out with this fucking idiot on the side of the lake just laughing at her and he's just so gross, but she doesn't really seem amused. So I'm like, okay, Terry, but like, can, can you just like kick him in the nuts or something? He just like runs away and she chases him and he gets immediately caught in a rope trap. And we're like, thank God, because oh. we know what's going to happen. Thank God. So Terry goes to get something to cut this idiot down. But while that's happening, Jason comes by and just slashes Scott's throat with a machete. And we do not have to look at the unibrow any longer. Right. Beat to the punch. I am fine with that. Just because he's like the pervy guy on the sidelines that is just pestering her the whole time. He's like the annoying guy who faked his drowning in the first movie. It's like, can you just fucking, like, is the only way you know how to make jokes to torture the people you're around, especially the women? Like, no one needs you. We didn't need you. Thank you, Jason. He's dead. So... Terry grabs her little pocket knife, runs back out there, and she says to him out loud before turning the body around, if you ever do this to me again, I'm gonna kill ya. And it's like, oh, well, too late. Because he's already dead stupid. And she turns towards the camera and just starts screaming because we know Jason is about to hit her with something. Mm -hmm. I don't know what weapon he's got. We don't see it. But bye-bye, Terry. You are gone. So back to the bar Ted, a.k.a. Howdy Doody, is hitting on the bartender. Ted and Paul poo-poo the Jason myth, but Ginny has her compassionate woman moment. Oh, yeah. And is like, uh, well, she has her compassionate woman moment, but it is the 1981 just pops out and slaps you in the face right here (laughs) because she is like, is he an out-of-control psychopath, a frightened (laughs) R-word, a child trapped in a man's body? She just, like, says it so casually, and it's like, 
You know, in 1981, like that word was just so commonplace, but hearing it now, you're like, oh, mm. ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm. <laughs> I even still hear that Black Eyed Peas song, and I'm like, oh. Oh my God. Yeah. If anyone has heard the radio edit, Let's Get It Started, but doesn't know, the original version is Let's Get. Yeah. It is not. It started. They let that shit fly at every basketball game. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. They they really did. Every yeah. sporting Oof. event. So. Ooh, after that, Ginny starts to, you know, I don't know, rationalize Jason's behavior. She starts to have a little compassion for him, seeing his mom killed and, you know, that she was his whole world. Mm-hmm. Like, she's having deep thought and the men are just like, it ain't real. <laughs> you know, let's arm wrestle and hit on chicks with beer bottle goggles, which one of them does. Yeah. Yeah, like, they don't listen to her at all. They will not entertain that it's a legend. And I'm like, maybe you should have. You should have listened but- to the bitch. Yeah, now Jeff and Sandra are upstairs to go do it. Freak, and after, you know, <laughs> this is where Vicky talks to Mark about his accident or how he got in a wheelchair. He says it was a motorcycle accident. He definitely acts a little macho and delusional, though. He's like, you know, they say I'm permanently paralyzed, but I know that I will walk again one day. And it's very much like this masculine energy. Like, it's this denial. He can't accept that he did something and got in an accident and crippled himself. And it's like these men in the previous scene aren't listening to the woman either. Like about Jason, it's all this masculine denial. Like yeah. men just don't deal with their feelings. They're like, nope, I don't like it. So I'm not going to think about it. And he said motorcycle accident. But for re- for some reason, I have a feeling he was just this nigga was on a bike and just like fell into a ditch or something mad, stupid or got hit by a car on a bike. He was drunk bicycling. Yeah. yeah. As I say it. Yeah. <laughs> Tongue tied. <laughs> yeah, he honestly just probably got hit at a crosswalk or something. And he was like, well, I was in a yeah. mo- motorcycle. He was probably on a Vespa, dude. Pussy ass. <laughs> he probably was. His energy just reads like, I'm being the nice guy because I'm being manipulative. Mm-hmm. And then Vicky offers him a toke. And he says, no, I'm in training, remember? And she's like, for what? And seriously, though, for what? Did we, was he, were we ever told that he was in training for something? What are you well, training for? Well, in the beginning, I was trying, I was trying to avoid bringing this up, but when he was the coach for them, for them running. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, no. It very much is giving me scary movie vibes with fucking... Oh, my God. Yeah, it is exactly like that. I'm going to go jump into my jogging suit. Like, okay, nigga. <laughs> oh. Sure, buddy. Well, sorry, Mark. This movie definitely had some fun at your expense with that one. We finally get to Jeff and Sandra doing their thing, and... He's playing the harmonica and she just lifts his shirt up and starts kissing his abs. And I'm like, these people aren't sexy to me, but it's nice to see it reverse. Like you usually only see the man sucking on the woman's nipples and shit. Like you hardly ever get to see like the men being sexualized a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because in this scene, like she takes off her top at a certain point, but like you don't see her boobs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we did see... Terry full on. So, you know, the movie's not exactly feminist, but Terry wanted us to see all that shit from the from jump though. Not saying she was uh taunting it, but she was she was like, Yeah, you see this body? <laughs> and um Vicky and Mark decide that they're gonna spend the night together, but not in either of their cabins because they're modest. So Vicky goes to like get ready. I don't know. She goes to get her shit. 
So in her cabin, the lights are unplugged and she's like, Terry, you turkey. I'm like, okay, turkey. Was that just like a common insult? But she holds up some ugly, like bronzy brown satin frilly panties and puts them on and then sprays perfume on her coochie. I'm like, I hope she didn't just shave. (laughs) (laughs) Or get it. You can still get a yeast infection if you just shaved or not. dude. That's not smart. Ladies, don't be putting fucking... A perfume on your pussy because that's how you get bacteria vaginosis and shit. Yeah, it just it didn't it didn't seem like the call. But back then, I feel like it's like the time where men would be like, "Ooh, you know, vagina smells gross, man." You know, so she, you know she's making sure it's fresh. But I don't know. It seemed like a bad idea. But she goes to her car to get her hairbrush. So important. And now it's thundering and lightning. So we have the wonderful Friday the Thirteenth atmosphere. Mark is still in the house waiting for her and he hears something and he thinks it's Vicky and he goes onto the porch and Jason machetes him right in the face yep. and he goes flying backwards down like the longest staircase of all time. <laughs> and, it, and it just like it's <laughs> freeze so frames on him going down the stairs and it fades into Sandra and Jeff orgasming. I'm mm-hmm. like, I just live for this like m- more juxtaposition of death and sex. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very 1981. (laughs) So Jason now gets to the cabin, like the main cabin, and puts on the fucking scary old Ooga Booga man mask and grabs the spear. And Sandra looks up at him and he just impales them just like we knew he would. (laughs) We knew that was coming. Yeah, he stabs him and and my notes say, I just died in your arms tonight. (laughs) Must have been something you said. But they all did. Everybody did. Pretty much. Fucking perfect. And then some bitch comes in the room looking for people and Mark, Mark. I'm like, Mark's dead, y'all. Like, everybody dead. Mm -hmm. And she ends up in the room because she's like calling for the people who just had sex or whatever. And they are covered in sheets, like looks like they're sleeping. And she keeps saying their names. She's like, Mark, Susan, Meyer, Phil, whoever the fuck. Uh, <laughs> she, white people names. Yeah. Random white people yeah, names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Randall, Chris, Terry. Uh, so they're not responding. And in my mind, I'm like, bitch, they sleeping. So why would, why would you wake them up right now? What's so, what's so fucking important? I know. And you may have lived if you just left. <laughs> so that's my next note, because I'm like, not to victim blame, but if she let them sleep, she might not have died. Because as soon as she pulls that little blanket back, um, it, no, Jason pops out and he starts chopping mm-hmm. her ass up. And so she did. Because she ran. She literally had the opportunity to run out of the door, but she ran into the like crook between the door and the dresser where Jeff's body was. And then Jason just came up and stabbed her. I will say it was a nice Halloween callback because Jeff's body was hanging on like the closet door and she was dead in the bed. Oh, yeah. Just like I'm drawing a blank in Halloween. They did yeah. that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Paul and Ginny get back and these two, whoever drove was way too drunk to drive. I For think sure. Paul drove her car and I'm like, you, sir, this whole fucking camp experience was about like going back to basics and safety and you are drunk driving before night one. No. Anyway, Ginny finds the fucking scary old man mask. All the lights are on. She sees the bed that Sandra was killed in covered in blood. And she's like, what's going on, Paul? And Paul's like, nothing. 
more denial. Nothing. There's blood in the bed. This weird mask is just randomly on the staircase. You can't find anybody. All the lights are on when they're not supposed to be, but nothing's going on, Paul. You fucking shithead. This, like, stubborn masculine denial is so fucking annoying. I know. I'm like, she's trying to warn Paul at some point. I'm like, you should just let him, but just let him die, dude. Who gives a fuck? It's like, what do you see in him? He's stupid. He's literally not seeing what's right in front of him. He can't handle it. Because Ginny immediately sees Jason just standing there. And she's like, Paul, I think someone's in the room. And he's like, not paying attention. And immediately Jason fucking attacks him. Mm -hmm. So he has the spear, but I don't think he spears Paul. But it stops. There's no noise. And Ginny is like, Paul, Paul. And Jason stands up and she fucking runs to the, the bathroom. And goes to leave the window, but Jason breaks through it. So then she runs to the kitchen and locks herself in. And this is where I feel like she finally, like, is like, okay. Ginny becomes, like, one of the best final girls here, I feel like. She really fight. Yeah. Yeah. She is what makes this much different than the first movie. Because Alice, though I love her, really just kind of survives and gets through it. Ginny, like, fights. Fights, yeah. So Jason breaks through the door with a pitchfork. Crazy Ralph's body falls out of the closet and Ginny escapes through the window. But of course, when she gets outside, her stupid car is (coughs) sick again Mm -hmm. and it won't start. And Jason pitchforks through the fucking roof cover and she kicks the door into him and runs like she is. She already whooped him once, so it's good. And at this point, we get to see her outfit, which I don't know if it's terrible or amazing, but I, I somehow just love it because she's in like a thermal sweater with like a chambray button down over it and her like high-waisted jeans that this ensemble is tucked into. <laughs> and you're like, what are you wearing? Like, isn't this a summer camp? She is dressed like she is in Montana in the fall. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. She got it from the um, the Megan collection from House of the Devil. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, she got these clothes at Sears. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, I didn't understand this chasing at all. It didn't make any sense. It was very nonsensical. Um, it was just going in loops at a lot of points. It definitely was like she's in the one room. She breaks into the other room. She runs outside. He almost gets her in a bush. She runs to another car. It's a little dizzying, but I feel like it does make it kind of like realistic because in that situation, you probably would be running around with a chicken without a head. <laughs> she ends up underneath the bed and she finally has like a solid hiding space until she pisses herself and he notices that shit right away. Like and it's a, it's a big ass puddle too. Like you're a grown ass woman. She's under the bed and she sees a rat. And then we just get a shot of on top of the bed and we just see this puddle really quickly emerge. Did she piss herself? Did the rat pee itself? Like, I'm assuming, no, like she clearly pissed her pants. That was a lot of pee for the rat. So it was definitely her. No, she definitely definitely pissed herself. And I heard her tell a story on another podcast. It was on Gaylords of Darkness. And she said that she didn't know what the fuck was going on in that scene. They did not tell her. She had no idea that the character was supposed to pee. It was just like a fucking Coke can under the bed that they tipped over. And they were like, she had no idea what they were using it for or what it was supposed to be. But what it wound up being was, I guess she got so scared of Jason or the rat 
that she peed herself, but it yeah. got her ass caught. Then out of nowhere, Jason thinks he can start doing parkour because he like tries to jump from bed to bed, <laughs> but he falls. Yeah, he was on the nightstand. Yeah, so she, he falls and shit and can't fucking kill her. And then it looks like she might have killed him because did she like stab him or something? She picks up her chainsaw and you can't really tell if she got him with it. Yeah. It looks like she hit him with it, but it doesn't look like he got like sliced. But he falls over and then she just hits him with a chair. And I'm like, that's the fighting spirit. Grab a fucking chair. It's like a WWF match in here. <laughs> like wrestling everywhere. There's arm wrestling. The men are wrestling. The guy's wrestling Jason. She's hitting people with chairs. And she fucking bolts again. She is hitting and bolting. That is her way of dealing with it. And she comes across Jason's shack in the woods and locks herself inside because unlike Michael Myers, Jason is booking it. Yeah. And now she sees and we see what the cops saw before, which is this altar with Mrs. Voorhees' decomposed head. We see Terry's body there. We see, I think, what we're supposed to assume is Alice's dead, like, decomposed corpse, like her skeleton on the ground. There's other bodies off to the side. And Ginny's smart. She grabs Mrs. Voorhees' sweater off the altar, puts it on, and grabs the machete. So when Jason enters in with his pickaxe, he's just switching up weapons all over the place. Now he's got a pickaxe. And she just manipulates him, and she's like, you know, mommy is pleased, everything is all done, and we get, like, corny 80s-ness of Mrs. Voorhees superimposed over Ginny's face as she's <laughs> saying all this shit. In that terrible pussycat way. And it's not working, though. He keeps approaching with the axe, and she's like, mommy has a reward for you, mother is talking to you, and she gets him to put the pickaxe down, and she says that's a good boy, but... Not fast enough! No, because as she's going to, you know, chop him with the machete, he spots his mama's head behind her and they swing each other at the same time. So we get clanging of metal and nobody gets hit. So fucking Paul runs in and starts wrestling with Jason again. But the shack starts to collapse because it's a piece of shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> bullshit. This is, this is a shanty. Trap and house. as Jason is about to kill Paul, yeah, Ginny chops him in the back of the neck and Jason falls down. But is he ever really dead? Do these people know better? Like, I know this is only the second movie, but as an audience member, you're like, you know, hooray for you, but cut his head off. You don't just give Jason Voorhees one chop to the neck. You gotta, you gotta kill that nigga. You gotta like stab and you have mm-hmm. to, there's, you know what you gotta do, but they didn't do that. And so they just are excited to leave. And it's funny cause he's making her run after she just got sliced in the leg. I know. And then she like yeah. almost falls in this dirty ass puddle. And it's like, she gonna lose that leg nigga. Like he eventually picks her up after she's like, she's gonna get a staph infection. Yeah. <laughs> after she yelps out like nigga, I just got stabbed in the leg. Pick me up. And so he, like, carries her out or whatever. Um, and then they're on the, uh, the cabin or whatever because they made it to, quote-unquote, safety. And they hear something at the door. It was a knock. And I was like, are you mm-hmm. niggas really finna check the door, my nigga? Really? Really, white people? And, of course, she's got her rake in bed, and she, like, nods at him, like, yeah, you can open it. It's safe. And it's like, of course you're going to say, yeah, it's safe because he's closer to death than she is, technically. And so um, he opened a door and it's the little dog. It's the little doggy. It's Muffin. It wasn't Muffin all mauled up in the woods. Yeah. 
She's got the little um, thing on her. And yeah. And so they're all excited, rejoicing. We get that melodramatic as fuck, corny 80s family film music. Like, all that like little twinkly bullshit music that you just hate but love at the same time. Yeah, exactly. But to quote Stu from Scream, oh wait, no, this is not to, oh, well, yes, but I was actually thinking more so of Marlon Wayans, or uh, Sean Wayans, is like, but wait, there's more. (laughs) Well, yeah. Because Jason crashes through the window, and he is ugly as fuck, and he grabs Ginny and pulls her through, and we cut to black, and we get In the morning, Ginny on a stretcher getting loaded into the ambulance asking for Paul. And we're like, is she crazy? Was Jason there? Did Jason actually spare her and kill Paul and take him? We don't fucking know. But we end on a wonderful shot of Mrs. Voorhees' deadass head. The end. The end. (laughs) Yay. So that's uh, our little Friday the 13th part two. Part two. Yeah. Just a quick little bonus episode for everybody. But we hope you enjoy your Friday the 13th. Get really high. This movie is not free anywhere. So you have to like rent it on Amazon Prime. If you want to watch it. But you know, um, it's fun. It's light. Amy Steele is a kick-ass final lady in it. She does a great job. But, you know, if you've seen the first movie, you've really seen this one. So just smoke whatever you want, get stupid high, and enjoy the ride. Because that's all that's to be done here. (laughs) Yay! All right, guys. We'll, um, you know, holla at y'all soon. Yeah. We had fun, but we we gotta go this time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, stay scared, stay high, and be gay, do crime. You know, all that good shit. Yay! Bye! Bye. Thanks for listening to Queer Horror High. Damn, that shit's good.